coming to you from QT4CM.org. This is the Quick Tips for Christian Ministry podcast. Today's question comes from a missionary in the field. Give us tips and practical tools on making decisions about change, moving forward, or terminating a ministry that isn't productive, or standing fast with a hope for future breakthroughs. This is a multifaceted question that I will attempt to break into a few podcasts. One podcast on listening to God to make a decision regarding a ministry change, where I will also give a few decision-making tools. One podcast on what success in ministry might look like, on hanging fast to the call, and then when to quit and move on. And finally, one on making a change with practical steps. Today's podcast will be on listening to God to make a decision regarding making a ministry change or not. This process seems in some ways rather daunting, but in other ways quite simple. It is daunting when we feel we might get it wrong, but I believe God will guide you in your decision-making process. And it is simple when thinking about God's big picture and what He wants in general for all of us. Let's first look at a tiny bit of scripture. Romans 12, 1-3 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. This famous Bible passage talks about giving ourselves entirely to the Lord and having our minds, our thoughts, our hopes, our dreams, and aspirations transformed by Christ. Then we will know and be an example of what God's will is. So the question is not, what is God's will for my life? But instead, how does my life fit into God's will? This is saying, I've surrendered all I have. Where do I go? What do I do to fit into God's work? How can I join in it? First, remember that your relationship with God is what He wants most of all. And so, your asking Him for direction stems directly from that ongoing relational conversation with Him. He delights in answering this kind of question. He is there for us, and He will always be with us, guiding us. So, what about God's will for you? First, don't rush. You really have time. Let me give you an analogy. God's will is a bit like a solid mass to me, a rock revealed in Scripture and experienced in your long-term relationship with Him. God is a rock, solid, firm, and He doesn't change. His will for you, the big will, does not ever change. This means the pressure of time is off. I have recently been reading John Ortberg's book, Soul Keeping, and it's about John's relationship with the late Dallas Willard. One of the most striking parts of the book for me was John telling how Dallas Willard had a total lack of concern about being late, and he was never rushed. He usually was on time, but he never rushed. He was always present to his reality. His now 
was so important to him because that now was his being with God in an abiding relationship. Take your time to be with God and to listen to God and explore all the possibilities of your choices. God is not one for rushing. Second, try and put your emotions into perspective. They are good to have, negative or positive, but they should not lead you into making a decision. They can confirm your decision, but they should not lead it. Try not to fall into the trap of, I have peace about it, as a reason to decide. This is not scriptural. And when it says God will give us peace that passes all understanding, this passage is not talking about decision-making, but instead about worry. We must remember that if our feelings were the authority of God's will, Jesus would not have died on the cross. You can look at this in Luke 22 or Hebrews 12. So, positive emotions and ones of peace may cause you to make decisions without making a thoughtful analysis of the situation. Also, negative emotions may cause you to make decisions out of fear, and that is another red flag and something to avoid. Then we must all remember that God measures success and our worth in a totally different way than we do. And it is especially different from the way the world views this. I will address this part in a podcast next time. So now let's consider God's will in respect to decision-making. Decision-making and the will of God is a very popular topic. In fact, it is one my children are thinking about at this very moment as they are making career and relationship choices. There are a couple of books I would recommend for you to read. One by Gary Friesen, Decision-Making and the Will of God, a Biblical Alternative to the Traditional View, and one by Bill Hybels, The Power of a Whisper, Hearing God and Having the Guts to Respond. But please remember, most importantly, that God has already given us gifts to help make decisions. God gave us the Bible, which gives general guidelines and also gives us a picture of God's heart, a picture of what God loves. Then God has given each of us the Holy Spirit and our brain to use. And finally, God has given us a community of believers to make checks and balances when we make decisions. Let's look at each of these very helpful gifts from God in order. First, the Bible gives us a moral and ethical base, but it also shows God's will in general for all Christians. He wants us to glorify Him and that the world glorifies Him by our actions. He wants us to remain in Him and abide in Him, to have a living relationship with Him. God wants us to be His witnesses to His gospel and to Jesus Christ. God wants us to love one another and to minister to one another, especially to believers, but also to strangers and even our enemies. God wants us to live peaceably, to work hard, and act with integrity, seeking justice and mercy for all. And God wants us to live by the Spirit and not by the flesh. There are many other things that God wants us to do, and they show us God's heart. And these things are the things that probably have put you in ministry. But within this list, there is great freedom, which is why God has given us the Holy Spirit to guide us day by day. This kind of reasoning is spirit-filled reasoning. 
With Christ on the throne of our lives, we can think clearly. God has given us a sound and a sanctified mind that he expects us to use as good stewards of it. When using spirit-filled wisdom and reason, we will follow the examples of the apostles. There are scriptures about it, but here I'll give you a few. We thought it best in 1 Thessalonians 3. I thought it was necessary in Philippians 2. If it is fitting in 1 Corinthians 16. And God, our God, really communicates with us. You can see that in John 14 and 15. And God communicates in the small and the big decisions. But we must ask and practice this listening skill. So, here are some questions to ask yourself. How does this decision fit into the overall plan of God and God's heart? What would be the most strategic choice as an investment for my life? How much time will it take? How much money? How much energy? Will it cost relationships? Is there a need for this? Is there any other way to do this? Are there enough people? Are there enough finances, etc., to do it? What activities are needed to prepare and develop you for it? What are your motives? Is it to gain approval or acceptance? To gain money and power? To stay comfortable or something else? And how can you best invest your life, your God-given interests, your nature, your personality, your vision, your passion, your experiences, your training, your spiritual gifts, and your treasures? How can you best invest them? These are things to think about with your brain and your spirit. But finally, don't forget the other believers around you. Please do get some confirmation from your spiritual community. Ask mature believers for advice. These are the Christians who are viewed by many as mature and who are informed about what God is doing around the world. It should be someone who knows you well and knows your ministry, but also who will be objective with you and, of course, someone who knows and walks with God and knows his ways. Here are a few scriptures on this. For lack of guidance, a nation falls, but many advisors makes a victory sure, Proverbs 11. And he who listens to a life-giving rebuke will be at home among the wise. He who ignores discipline despises himself, but whoever heeds correction gains understanding. The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom, and humility comes before honor. That's in Proverbs 15. Here are five questions to ask yourself to help discern God's will. Does what you're doing or planning to do conflict with Scripture? Does what you are doing conflict with the counsel of trusted others? Does what you are doing conflict with the Holy Spirit within you? Does it seem wise in your eyes? Does what you are doing conflict with your life experience and skills? Does what you are doing conflict with your passion for life and your personality? And here are two models that I like for decision-making, the rational and the ethical model. These models are found below in the notes as well to this podcast. If you have questions, just email me on these. The first model is the rational model. And it goes something like this. First, you identify the problem. 
and then you establish criteria for the success to the answer to the problem. Then you weigh the decision criteria. What's more important, what's less important, what's the most important? Then you brainstorm and generate alternatives. And of course, after that, you evaluate the alternatives. What happens if you do or don't do each of these things? Then you choose your best alternative and implement it. After you've implemented it, you should evaluate it and see how it's working and make any needed changes. The ethical is a little bit different because it adds people into the mix. First, you stop and think and identify the situation and the problem, and then you construct a description of the problem, asking for whom this is a problem and for whom it is not a problem. Then you view this in terms of an ethical framework and consider all the moral and legal principles. You identify any support that may be available, who and what can help. Then you finally identify the courses of action. That's when you brainstorm. After that, you of course select your decision, evaluate the outcome, if possible using a neutral supervisor and asking who may be hurt by this outcome. Finally, you regularly check the impact of the decision on people and events and make adjustments as necessary. Finally, when you use these things, you need to remember to think in complex terms. The Pareto principle applies in these kinds of situations. If you have any question about that, please write to me. Then, there will be unexpected consequences, so watch out for them and adjust your solution when necessary. It's okay to make another decision or to readjust. Also, remember that your organization system may really mess up your decision. So be prepared for disappointment and for readjustment. And finally, always try for a win-win situation for all involved. I fully believe God works all things for good, even when we think we miss His will in individual decisions. His will is always, after all, sovereign. I am a humble layperson, but I trust and believe this to be truth. You can make a bad decision, but God retains the right to finish your story in His way. Everything is redeemable. Proverbs 16.9 says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Thus, when we have chosen a way, we should trust God to do His work through us by the power of the Holy Spirit. With this, I will end here and next time talk about God's view of success, on hanging fast to the call, and finally, when to quit and move on. Until then, be blessed. You've been listening to Patricia Yaley, a business and ministry coach based in Switzerland. She can be reached through her website at www.jehle-coaching.com. You can also get the links to Patricia's social media channels and web pages through our show notes at qtforcm.org. We would like to thank the sponsor of this podcast, the Great Commission Foundation. The Great Commission Foundation provides financial management, administrative services to ministries, and handles charity donation receiving and government compliance in both the United States and Canada. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Quick Tips for Christian Ministry podcast. We would value your feedback by taking our one-question survey. You'll find the link in our show notes at qt4cm.org. 
Until next time, be encouraged. God is with us. Serve with joy. 